0: Good morning. Today's reading is Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1-6, through 6, The Way of Wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and live, and walk in the way of insight. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right, good morning. It's, uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and uh, if you're new, as has been said al- already, um, welcome. We're very glad you're here, and uh, hope to get to know you. Um, also, if you're new and you've or you've never heard me preach before, I have a speech impediment, so just want to give you all a, a heads up on that. It'll kind of c- come out as uh, in and out as we go, and so uh, I want to give you uh, make sure that you all know what that is. And um, as we go this morning, we're uh, entering into a new sermon series. So I'll kind of explain some of that. But before, because I want to make sure we can get into it um, this morning, we want to uh, make sure everyone has a Bible to follow along with. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up? And somebody will get you one. We want to make sure everyone has a Bible. If you don't own one, uh, you do now. Okay, please keep this one. E. En español, si quieres la Biblia y no tienes, uh, por favor, le su mano y diga español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es un regalo um, a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en um, Proverbios uh, capítulo 9. Uh, full disclosure there, I had to go and make sure I knew how to say Proverbs in Spanish. I thought I did, but wanted to make sure. So if some of you saw me um, cheating... Looking in the Spanish Bibles here that we hand out, um, that's what I was doing. Uh, Didn't want to. Although we do say we take Jesus seriously and not ourselves, and there's uh, nothing to prove and um, no one to impress, so I could get it wrong, right? And uh, that's okay. But again, want to make sure you we all have a Bible. I think there's some hands up up here. So uh, get everyone. If you need a Bible, don't be shy. Keep it up. Wave. Do the wave. Whatever it takes. We want to make sure you have a Bible. Anything short of me like throwing them out. To you uh, from here. So where we are again this morning, we're in Proverbs chapter nine, and um, we'll be in Proverbs for six weeks. And so it's a short series, but we're going to hunker down and really grow in learning uh, what what uh, it looks like to walk with the Lord, and that's really the theme of Proverbs. I'll be uh, explaining more of that and why we're. Starting in chapter 9, some of you, you know, engineer types might be wondering, like, no, you can't. You have to start at 1 and go that way. So I'll explain that in a, in a moment. But um, uh, w- also, I know I, I just kind of threw it out there last week to a couple people, and they were like, oh, is that what we're doing? So also, just so you know, this is kind of where we'll be. We're in Proverbs for about six weeks. Then we'll enter into the Advent series, which that word means end participation of the coming. And and so that's what we'll be doing. We'll be building up to the arrival of Jesus, which we celebrate in the Advent season and and, in Christmas. And then um, beginning in January, we'll be entering into the book of Ephesians, where we'll be throughout the entire year. So um, very excited for that. We love as a church here to submit ourselves to God's Word. And we we spend time in, in whole books, whole chunks of the book, Bible to to submit to him and to come under his teaching and his authority. Okay, so that's where we're headed. Um, some of you like to know these things and plan it out far in advance. So uh, there it is. Okay, Proverbs beginning today, and then, uh, and then we'll be in the Advent series and then diving into Ephesians. Amen? Excited for that? All right. Amen means I agree. I'm tracking with you, so I'll call for that you know, make sure I know we're all on the same page here. So let's, let's pray and ask God to oversee our time as we get into Proverbs together. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We can come together as has been shared already. We come to submit to you, to be shaped by you individually and communally as a people. And so as we get into this book of Proverbs, Lord, a, a gift from you of, of, of wisdom, of we pray that you will shape us and grow us, and, uh, and we ask that your Holy Spirit will now oversee our time and that you will open our eyes and our ears and even our very hearts, Lord, to be shaped by you and by your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So try to um, r- recall this with me. If you've ever seen the movie or read the story of Pinocchio. And if um, if not, let me just kind of explain it a bit, because I hadn't in a long time. I, I remember as a kid, I, I saw the movie and was totally freaked out and don't think I've gone back since. But as I looked back into it, as, I was, as I've read through Proverbs, it just, I think, really popped into mind this incredible story that's full of biblical truth, that, that is this this, this, Puppet, right, or or a, a toy that's made by the the toy maker Geppetto, and then so he makes Pinocchio, and then he and then it's 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 given life, and it's kind of a blank slate, right? Pinocchio is there, growing into his I. Into what it means. And, and then throughout the story, he grows into understanding that he's not just this thing kind of made and then sent out there, but there's a relationship with his maker. And that he understands that Geppetto is his father and that he 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 created him with 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 intent and with and with purpose. And and so, you know, without getting too much into it, and we'll even pick back up as, as we go, but but you know, picture with me, right? He's sent out for the first time from Geppetto, sent out to live his life. Okay, in, in relationship with Geppetto, to live the life that he was designed to live, and he's sent off to go to school, and he's given this helpful voice right, to speak into his life, Jiminy Cricket. And, uh, and so he's, he's given this, this, this relationship with Jiminy Cricket to help him kind of live the straight and the narrow, and, and, and he's going along. And then as he goes, he meets other voices along the way. The, the first one, or the most dominant one that he first meets, ironically, is called Honest John, and it's this fox, this wily fox named Honest John, who speaks into his life, and he sees that he has some, some school books and an apple, and Honest John, who's, you know, if you're not tracking with me, not so honest, it, um, it looks at him, and he says, oh, young boy, you may not have learned that uh, there's actually a quicker way to the top. There are shortcuts you can take. You don't need to go to school. You don't need to do what your father has told you you ought to do. You can kind of get there. You can arrive at the top. You can find pleasure and identity and meaning and purpose through some easier means. And so he convinces him. All the while, he kind of snakes his apple from him and is chewing on Pinocchio's very apple while he's telling him these things. And so you're seeing, wow, he's deceitful. And yet he paints this beautiful picture to Pinocchio that sounds really enticing. And Pinocchio ends up going along with him. And, and some of you know the, the story. And, and again, we'll even, it'll apply more as we get into it today. But that's, that's a picture of what's going on in Proverbs. Okay, Proverbs is is a book that's given to God's people of this is what it looks like to have a relationship with God. This is who you are and this is what it means to be made in God's image and to live your life according to His, His, his instruction, his command, to his design. Okay? And so then uh, we are walking along, and, and, and so Proverbs is addressed, as even you'll see as we go along in verse 4 and verse 16, the audience, the primary audience of Proverbs is the simple. Okay, and that we might hear like, I don't like that. I don't want to be called that. Like, okay, I guess it's not written to me. Well, it's not from the front, from the onset. It's not saying you're sinful or, you know, just stop being simple. It's, it's assuming that that word simple means naive or vulnerable, okay, or still looking for direction, Okay, similar to Pinocchio, right, sent out. And so uh, Proverbs is written understanding there are multiple voices speaking in. So the way Proverbs are written is there are comparisons made and then an invitation to reflect and to interact with those comparisons. And so why we're starting in chapter 9 is because it's a summary of the first eight Proverbs, okay. Proverbs one through eight presents these two primary voices speaking into our lives, and it's wisdom and folly. And again, the audience is the simple the vulnerable, the looking for direction. And, and so as it goes on, as there's this, this, this instru- instruction, let me just say on the very onset, okay, that wisdom should not be confused with uh, academic, like, accolades or prowess. Okay, there are people that uh, throughout the history, that even people that would be hearing this who are incredibly wise, who can't even read, Okay, who wouldn't have any kind of degrees and yet have a, have a, have a deep-seated foundational wisdom. Okay, so the audience is not just get smarter and these are less intelligent people and these are the smarter people. No, there's something else altogether that God is, is calling his people to. And the way he presents it as we get into it here is we're going to see this interplay here of first, lady wisdom and a voice, a call from lady wisdom. And then on the opposite extreme, we'll hear from Madam Folly, okay, or foolishness. Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly, and then there's this interplay between the two. And we're called like Pinocchio, okay, like picturing that. We're called to consider which voice is informing and directing our path. Okay, so let's hear from Lady Wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 9, as this sums up the the whole first um, eight. Books or chapters of Proverbs, beginning in verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has set out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed." leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Okay, there's this picture here, an invitation. The table has been set, all right? Wisdom is clear. Wisdom says, this is what I have prepared for you. I have a table. The same imagery, if you're familiar, with Psalm 23, right? Of God setting a table, even in the presence of our of our enemies there's this invitation of saying look i know you're vulnerable you're wandering you're you're sort of aimless You're simple and here I've prepared a table and here's what it has. And there's this intentionality and this preparation of God saying, come and learn, come and be instructed. This is what it means to be my person. This is what life looks like to be lived in relationship with with me, God says. And so there's there's this invitation of safety and of intentionality. Come and eat at the table, says wisdom. And so throughout this whole first, uh, first beginning there in Proverbs chapter 1 is the very beginning of the call to wisdom. It says that, 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 that wisdom is this, that, that, that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction okay that that word fear okay if you're wondering like what does it mean to fear the lord does it mean you're in a corner cowering and and no it means to rightly see god okay a right understanding of god which will result in awe in submission in surrender in seeing god is truly god and i am not Okay, and so I, I submit to him, I, I, I interact with him appropriately. Okay, the, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, is understanding who he is and in turn who we are. And then it goes on in Proverbs chapter 3, there's this, this call that says in verse 13, it says this, it defines what wisdom looks like. Blessed, okay, and that word means happy or the way things ought to be. The the Hebrew word shalom is what comes to my mind here. Okay, the 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 way things ought to be. And some of you guys, you know, some of us we, we did a whole series through the, the Sermon on the Mount and the and the Beatitudes, right? Each one with Jesus' teaching. He says, Blessed are those who, you know, fill, fill in the blank, right? And and there's this whole, you know, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who, who mourn, you know, for they shall inherit the earth. There's or the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There's this whole thing, blessed. And what that's saying is, is is rightly established is the person who relates with God in this way. Okay, so that's just because we hear blessed and we think someone sneezes, bless you. We don't even know what that means. It's just, you know, so it means happy, but not just like willy-nilly, flipping happy. It means the way things are supposed to be. Okay, and so Proverbs 13, with that in mind, we read this, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. Okay, let's just pause for a moment and be honest with ourselves. Where are we looking for happiness? What is our idea of the blessed life, the good life, the life we're looking for? We read this here in church, right? And we we hear, oh yeah, it comes from wisdom, not from silver or gold, but does the way we structure our days reflect that? Does, does the way, the things we get anxious about or the things we get excited about, does that reflect our understanding that true blessedness, true happiness, true establishment in the way life ought to be lived comes from Wisdom from the fear of the Lord, from rightly knowing God and then in turn knowing ourselves and structuring our days according to who He is and how we relate to Him? Or is it more in line with silver and gold and whether we have it or not or how we can get more of it or how we can use it to meet our own ends? Okay, the voice of wisdom, lady wisdom, says, no, that the blessed life, the good life, the life as it's supposed to be lived, comes from rightly knowing God, is given to the one who finds wisdom. And then, again, in Proverbs 4, 23, we see this kind of more of an understanding of what wisdom truly looks like. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Next week, we'll actually really camp out in Proverbs 4, it's a rich proverb, but you see that, that idea there that I just want to hit on is there's this first, this, this picture of intentionality, okay? It's not just, oh, you have it now, you, you heard the sermon, you heard, you know, you've read Proverbs 1 through 9, you got it, wisdom done, check, all right, now just go on with your life. There's this call to, to continually discern the voices that are speaking into our lives and to understand which ones are worth listening to and which are not, Okay, a foundational uh, uh, place of saying, well, what is the voice of the Lord? What, 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 what leads me to rightly understanding Him and to orienting my life from there? And what is something calling me astray? What is the silver and the gold? What, is, what, is the, 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 what are the other voices that are competing for my allegiance? And there's this picture here of the heart being the spring of life. And understanding, again, if, if wisdom begins in rightly knowing God, okay, are you tracking with me here? Then, then, then understanding that, 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 that God, though so here it says the heart is a spring and out of, of it comes every other part of life. There's this picture, too, that every part of our lives, according to wisdom, begins with God, with our creator, with our maker, Okay, with, the, with, with Geppetto, creating Pinocchio, having, having a design for him and then sending him out. And then as he begins to wander, like all of us have done, we're told in Isaiah, all we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. That God created us and said, Your purpose and your identity are given for me. Now go and live, right? The 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 Imago Day, the creation mandate, the quorum deo, to live all of our days before Him and according to His design and His purposes and His charge. And we said, I'm gonna listen to honest John instead. I'm gonna go this way. And what that is like, it's like a spring, okay? I know we don't have that many springs here, certainly not in, in Tucson. I actually lived in hot springs, so there were springs everywhere. And it's this incredible idea of, uh, it's in, or not just an idea, it's a truth, okay? This is actually, this is science. And it's water, that it comes up out of the ground, and then from there, springs and even rivers and even lakes are formed, and now what foolishness does, what pride brings in, is, is discounting the spring and is now even putting up a dam or something like that and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get the benefits downstream and I'm going to just pretend like they just exist in and of themselves and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gain from it what I want to gain from it and fully um, ignore or even discount the beginning, the origin. And that's this picture that goes on here of forgetting our creator, of forgetting the designer, of forgetting God that said, I know who you are. I know what life in its full is supposed to look like. And so we continually go back to uh, the, the source, okay, the spring. And instead, we say, ah, I don't really need that. I'm going to just get what's downstream. Okay, and that's an important picture for us as we, as we look into folly, because that's constantly what it does. It says, you know, get get life in its full from here. Get it get, find your joy, find your pleasure in your work, in your family, even in good things, okay? In your sexuality, in your hobbies in your whatever else it might be, all these different things. And it says, don't see those things as informed and shaped and sent out from the spring, okay? From the origin, don't don't, don't, don't discern your work, your hobbies, your family, your relationship, your sexuality, your pleasure, whatever it might be in, 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 in relationship, in connection to the origin, to your creator and to what he says they ought to look like. But just, just kind of create a dam cut it off from there and just go all in and get your pleasure and your joy and your identity and your purpose in these things as you want them to fit, as you want them to fall into place. And, and wisdom, lady wisdom says, no, understand the beginning, understand who God is, understand his character and who you are in relationship to him. So lady wisdom calls for understanding God rightly and for, and for sitting at the table that he's prepared. But this other voice is calling out, skip down with me, okay, to, uh, to verse 13. Because the way this is organized and re- written is wisdom. And then we'll skip down to folly. And then we go back up in verse 7 and we hear this interplay between the two. Okay, so picking up and we hear, Madam Folly. The woman, Folly, is loud. So if you notice, if you look closely there, there are a lot of similarities, right, between wisdom and folly, right? There's this same calling from the high places, the same audience, right, the simple. That's you and me. Okay, we're, we're the simple. We're going, right? It says that those people who are going straight on their way, She's calling out, right? In verse 15, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on the way. So this isn't just, oh yeah, the, the those foolish people who are out there looking for danger. This is the same audience. This is people who are vulnerable, right? Apart from God, we are we are wandering. We're going along our own way, and there are these voices calling out for our allegiance. Hey, go this way, go this way. Okay, it's not just people that are pursuing, right, that are, that, are, that are looking for it and kind of trying to seek it out. This is people who are going and we're all being called by particular voices one way or another. And this is a warning that says, listen, O simple people, listen vulnerable people, be aware of folly and of her deceiving voice, Madam Folly calling out and looking very similar to wisdom saying the same kind of thing, an invitation to dine, right? Just like wisdom. Hey, come here, come and eat, come and find what life is supposed to look like. But folly says, hey, drink this stolen water, eat this bread in secret. And and, and we see that the result is death. But it's not always so easily discernible on the front end. So again, let's get really, really practical here, okay, for a moment. And look with me, right? I talked about that, that spring and how we, where we find life. Like, just consider a list of ways that you could find your identity, ways that you could find your purpose, ways that you could orient your life. Okay, I walked through a list earlier and you could think of that. Even good things, but separated from God, destructive things that lead to death. Okay, your sexuality, I'll speak into that specifically. Something good, right? Sometimes we don't hear that enough in church. Something that God gave us, that God oriented and designed how we would live, how we would, how we would have relationship with our spouse, how we would function in, in with one another as brother and sister in Christ, and all these things that God gave and God designed us for, and God gave instruction for how it ought to look but when we cut him off, when we ignore the source, when we just say, I'm just going to find it over here. I'm going to go and I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it meet all my needs the way I want it to, to, to be done. It's, it's destructive. It's foolish. It leads to, it's, here it says Sheol, the place where God is not, where God's origin, God's design, God's protection is no longer there. And, and you could walk through that with any of the any number of those things, right? Our family. Okay, that's one that we, a really, really good thing. Family, it's God's idea, God or, or organized it, God told us to, to find, again, safety, protection, purpose, all these incredible things. It's, it's a good thing. But when you take that and you make it an ultimate thing, when you make that a life-orienting thing, when you just skip to the shortcut, right, like Honest John, like Madam Folly calls us to, and you just skip ahead and you don't see its necessary dependence upon the spring, upon the source, upon God, the creator, and you make that everything, then what happens when something destructive comes in? What happens when your whole identity and your whole purpose is built upon something, even a good thing, that's not meant to be an ultimate thing? It falls apart. It leaves you wanting. It, 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 it crushes you. So God calls us out here in this proverb to be aware of folly, of madam folly, of the, of the call to, to, to go another way, to try to take a shortcut to life, to pleasure, to meaning, to purpose. Similarly, again, go back with me to Pinocchio if you've seen this, or if not, you can, you can picture this idea, and this is where it gets scary, is the honest John, right, call it just kind of begins seemingly innocent. You know, I skip school, whatever. I skipped school before. Anyone, am I alone here, right? I skip school. Just kind of start here. It's no big deal, right? Just kind of go this way and whatever. Well, we get a short, we get, a, we get to kind of fast forward to the destructive reality. As he's began to wander, he begins to listen to different voices. He begins to grow deaf to the voice of his father, who created him? Who gave him life? Who knows what's good for him? Who knows what's not good for him? Who knows what will destroy him? And now it fast forwards, and now Honest John introduces him to the coachman, who's kind of like a like a Joker figure in Batman, and with this like proverbial smile that's eerie, but but just kind of creepy. And he tricks these boys, and they all go into this place, and and this was made in the 1940s, and it shows just these boys just living it up, right, eating candy, you know, as much as they want, and they're all smoking cigars and getting in fights, and then they're, you know, playing pool and drinking beer and doing all these things, and it's this picture of just, just, just take off all the inhibitions, take off the voice of your father who says what is good for you and how life ought to be lived as his child. Just do whatever you want, you know, take life by the horns and just have fun. Eat, drink, and sleep for tomorrow we die. Just do whatever you want. Now let me pause for a moment, because like in the 1940s, similarly, we today could focus on the wrong thing. We could think, okay, so don't do all the bad things. Don't drink, don't smoke cigars, don't get in fights, don't you know, eat candy, right? And just create all these, right, Halloween coming up. you know, oh, I just said Halloween in church. That's not, don't do that. I don't have time to go off on all of why that's funny. Somebody like, why are they laughing right now? Focus on the right thing. That's an example, focusing on the wrong thing here. Okay, We can just get all caught up and don't do all those things. That's what wisdom is. Oh, I love, I love Proverbs. I can't wait to get into Proverbs so I can get my, my list, my checklist of how to keep God happy with me. And I can just be like, oh, good. Okay, do this. Okay, wake up at five in the morning and have a quiet time and spend time in journaling and in the Bible, which is a really good thing. But we start thinking God's a, just a checklist. And then we, we miss the, the reality of what's portrayed here in the deceiving voice of Madame Folly. Or again, similarly, in that picture of Pinocchio, it's not, oh, just don't drink, don't smoke cigars, don't eat candy, and you'll be fine. No, it's, 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 it's an invitation to be honest with ourselves right now of the alluring temptation that is there on the front end of walking away from God. Again, thinking there's a shortcut, there's an easier path. You don't need to surrender to God. You don't need to give your life to Him. You don't need to find your identity and your purpose and who He is and what He says, because that might mean something that you don't initially want to do. Come on, am, am I alone here? Right, like let's be real here with the temptation the real temptation that it is to walk away from Him. Because again, if we just keep it kind of churchy and easy, we just, we just read this stuff and we're like, oh yeah, okay, wisdom, not, not folly. Okay, got it. Or we just go, okay, God, give me a checklist. And then as we read through here and, and, and we see things that, that wisdom, that godly wisdom leads us into life through the Holy Spirit whom Jesus has sent and called us to depend on him and to walk with him. And we're looking for an easy checklist. And then we're left wanting. We're left like, well, now what do I do with this? I don't see um, how, to, how to file my taxes specifically spelled out in here. I don't see that, or I don't see what to do with this, this nuanced reality in life because it's, there's not a, a clear box to check. Well, the wisdom that God is calling us to is one of honest, real submission and dependence to Him. It's one that gives us the, the, the capacity on the front end to acknowledge and to see the, 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 the deceiving voice of folly. And to say, no, I, I, I see, honest John, that you have a contradictory voice to my father. And, and, and I know my father. And, and that's, that's, that doesn't line up with what he has said. And it's having the honesty to say, what you're saying sounds really good. I'm not going to lie. Because school, I don't want to go to school. I do want to go this way. I do want a shortcut to the top. And then we hear about the, you know, the coachman who says, hey, let me take you to Pleasure Island. It's, you can eat all the candy you want. You can drink all the beer you want, which I don't know a lot of like seven-year-old boys that are like, oh, awesome, right? But the way it's presented is just go this way. Find, find your pleasure. Do whatever you want. There's no adults there. There's, no, there's nothing speaking into your life. Just do whatever you want. And then this creepy scene where these figures come in and they shut the doors, and you see the reality that when you give ear to folly, it leads to slavery. And these boys that are an incredibly eerie picture of you and me, that, that what's truly there comes into fruition and they're, they're exposed as jackasses, as, as, as fools that have given, that have not heeded the instruction and the voice that their father gave and just get, they become slaves and they actually turn into donkeys and ears and tails and they start to, you know, bray like donkeys and they're all in the, in, in, in it's just an ugly, sad, tragic picture of what happens when you ignore the voice that your father has given and you turn and you listen to the voice that your heart so desperately wants to trust, the voice of Ma- Madam Folly, of Honest John, of the Coachman, a call to the shortcut, to the easy route, to Pleasure Island. And so... God now in verse 7 through 13 through the author of this proverb shows us kind of right in our face this interplay between if it's not obvious enough now he shows us what it looks like between Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly. Says this, Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is in sight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Okay, there's this invitation now in that last verse. It's saying, listen, you need to decide which voice you're going to listen to. Okay, if you, if you listen to wise correction, if you are wise, you are wise for yourself. It's saying you will benefit. And then it says, but if you listen to the voice of sc- scoffers, if you are a scoffer, you alone will bear it. It's saying you are without excuse. R- Romans chapter 1 says the same thing. It says God is putting before you his wise counsel and everyone, everyone in the entire world is without excuse, that we all have opportunity to see God and to respond to him. So we're without excuse. And there's this interplay there and then you see the, 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 the result, the fruit, if you will, to use a biblical term or, or, or perhaps a more um, helpful one for us or one that we understand more is to see the outcome. That to be foolish is to just is to turn away from correction is to is to have a hardened heart is to be proud okay again is to is to picture is to be foolish is to hear an obviously destructive voice and say yeah I'll go that way a shortcut sounds nice sounds easier or is to say I'm going to I'm going to create a dam and I'm going to I'm going to cut off the stream from the source not taking the time to heed instruction and say, no, if you, if, you, if, you, if you create a dam and you cut off the source, that becomes a swamp, becomes stagnant, becomes stale. What you think you're going to get in a, by taking a shortcut is actually going to decay and die. It's going to contaminate you and corrupt you and kill you. You can't just cut life off from the source. From, from the Creator, from your Father. So let me ask you, again, honest question here. Even if you're married or you have a r- roommate or a friend here, I invite you to even ask one another this honest question. How do you respond to correction and to rebuke? Because uh, according to Scripture here, according to Proverbs, if you bristle... If you turn away, if you say, yeah, that's your opinion, but I don't agree. If If you resist correction, then you're a fool. You're a scoffer. You're on the path to destruction. Okay, wisdom, as God is calling us to, does not mean you're perfect. All right, yeah, you can sigh a sigh of relief. Okay, this isn't, oh, I knew, that's what I expected from church. They come and say, you know, do all these things, be perfect, just hit it together already. No, the picture of wisdom that we see, real, foundational, biblical wisdom, means again, what is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord is knowing God and knowing who you are. It's understanding, God, I am sinful. I am broken. Apart from you, I am vulnerable. I am simple. And then as he leads, as he calls, it means repenting. It means turning. It means saying, God, God, I'm sorry. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me. So there's this interplay here. Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly. And then there's this necessary building, this, this growing tension of saying, hey, which voice are you going to listen to? And now let me, let me ask us right now, as we kind of begin to land this plane, I understand that our approach to Proverbs right now, this morning, and even perhaps throughout this whole series, is to read and say, okay, what do I do with this? Man, I sure feel pretty bad. I... I should do this, I should be wise, I shouldn't be foolish, I should listen to correction, I shouldn't, you know, go downstream, I shouldn't take shortcuts, I shouldn't skip school, right? Students, some of you might be like, well, I got out of that sermon, don't skip class. All right, so there it is, that's what I got. That's our tendency. But there's a, there's a, there's a growing tension here, that the way God writes His Word is for us to have this this sense almost like pulling out our hair for those of us who have it, or those of you who have it. Mine's going b- b- by the day. And to say, well, what do I do with this? Do, I must do something. I must try harder. But remember, the call here is to, is to have wisdom, is to know God. Okay, wisdom is right understanding of God. Hear me. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus. Okay, look with me to 1 Corinthians chapter one, skipping ahead here. We so there's this building in anticipation throughout not only Proverbs, but the entire Old Testament of seeing what it rightly looks like to have a relationship with God, but having this 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 keen awareness of our inability to 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 do it on our own. Well, how do I be wise? I want to be wise. I'm looking here, but I still recognize that I fall short. So now we skip ahead to the wise counsel of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, For the word of the cross is folly, foolishness, to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise... Okay, that's wisdom according to the way of the world, wisdom according to downstream. Okay, wisdom that is not submitted to the character and the power of God and his instruction of what it means, his definition of what it means to be wise. And the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. W- what is wisdom? What are we called to this morning? As we get into this book of Proverbs and we learn what wisdom looks like in everyday life, what does it mean? Read more books, go out and get a degree, try to be smarter, try to, try to be wise and just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just figure it out as you go, right? Check off all the boxes on the list. No, it means to understand the power and the character of God, which is only truly seen in and through the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's understanding that we are simple, vulnerable, wandering, unable to discern right from wrong. Okay, looking here and to the left and hearing the voice of Madam Folly and saying, yeah, that sounds really good. A shortcut sounds like a way better route than this long and difficult path. And so the call is to see that God has provided for you and me what we cannot provide on our own. That he has sent his son Jesus who lived the perfect life that you and I were designed and created and called to live that yet we wandered, we turned, we strayed and now we cannot find our way back. And then he said, well, I sent my son Jesus to do what you could not do. And he died on the cross. Foolishness. Why would God, the creator of everything, send his son to die on a cross? Well, because that's the wisdom of God because he displayed his character and his power by dying for you and for me. Yeah, that's foolishness by any of our account, but it's the only way. It's the only way to restoration to our Father, to our Creator. It's the only way now through dependence upon him, through trusting in his death and his resurrection, to discern Because now he has sent his Holy Spirit to fill us. He has died and risen and sealed, you and me, so that now we can be the very wisdom of God. Not just try to attain wisdom, not just try to learn more about it by reading and by doing all the right things, but we can now be the very embodiment of the wisdom of God through faith in Jesus and his death and his resurrection. That's good news, amen? Okay, when you and I hear wisdom, be wise, we read Proverbs apart from understanding the character and the the power of God, we're just left struggling and frustrated. But when we take the full counsel of God and we understand that the wisdom of God is that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead and then calls you and me now to faith in Him, to hear His voice, And to respond and to say, here I am. Lord, I trust you. I give my life to you. I need you. Every other voice is calling for me. And yet, by your incredible grace, your undeserved favor, I hear your voice above every other. I submit to you. I give my life to you. And then he says, I will lead you. So hear me again. This is a matter of life and death. As we read here, lady wisdom is a call to life. In verse 18, we see that those who do not respond to the Lord, those who, who do not trust in Him, they're dead. That her guests are in the depths of Sheol, Okay, to, to make it abundantly clear, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says, Whoever has the Son has life. Again, remember, the Son, Jesus' death and resurrection is the very wisdom of God. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. The shortcut, the simple way that, you know, Honest John is calling us to, well, Jesus speaks specifically into that. In Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, He says, the way is wide and is easy that leads to destruction, and those who find it are many. But the way that leads to life through faith in Jesus is narrow and is difficult, and those who find it are few. So again, there's this call here. Whose voice will you respond to? Will you hear, even this morning, the call of Jesus? If, if for the first time, put your trust in him, put your faith in him, say, I, I now see that you and you alone are the very wisdom of God, his provision through, through Christ's death and resurrection, and he's calling you to faith in him. And p- perhaps this isn't new news, but it's now given to you anew this morning, and there's a reminder. Again, an honest call. Let's get really, really practical here. Well, what is the everyday, the ups and downs? What is the day in and day out? What does your schedule tell you about where you find your source of hope, meaning, identity, pleasure, purpose? Is it found in Christ and in Him alone? Because wisdom is knowing God only through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray together as we respond to Him. Lord, we uh, we come before you humbly, and even de- desperately. We're aware of our need for you, Lord. We're aware that um, as we like Pinocchio, or walking down a path, down a road that's so easy to go to the left or to the right, that we hear voices calling that sound really, really convincing. Lord, that you don't leave us there and say, well, just figure it out on your own. Go there and try to do better and try harder. Lord, you call us to submit to your voice. Lord, your call. Lord, we need you. We, we ask that even again this morning as we respond to you that you would lead us humbly, Lord, before you, that we, we have a sense of de- desperation before you, that we need your direction, your instruction, Lord, even now as we respond in prayer. Lord, I ask that you would would bring an encouragement, Lord, that you would provide for us through community a reminder that, that, that life is meant to be lived, that life can only be lived through the wisdom of God in the person and work of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.